Welcome to the QPR podcast. I am David Fraser and we are top of the league. I'm joined by three other QPR fans. I have with me two Chris's. To my left, I have from ITV Sport, Chris Mendez. Hello. And to my right, I have, um, I don't know why I always say to my left, to my right, because it doesn't make any difference to anybody who's Mm. listening at all. But he is on my right and he works for BT Sport and he's called Chris and he's a QPR fan and his surname is Charles. Chris Charles. Hi there. And, and we have Paul Finney right where we want him this week, um, which is not here, which is we have, for the first time ever, Paul Finney via the telephone. How are you, Paul? Well, that's nice, isn't it? Hey? <laughs> so welcome, that is, I can tell you. I reckon they shut the pub next door to get away from me as well. That's, that's true. Story. So explain, have your rant, explain why you're on the phone and not in the studio. No, 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 I just had to go up north for work and I've come, I've come, I got back late and all the trains were cancelled and I could moan about that for ages. Um, you know, one of the things, what can you do? You can't be in two places at once, even though I am. Even if you're Paul Finney, you can't be in two places at once. This I can't, is... and, and, and I do apologise, Chaplin. Thanks for having the decency to have me on. I don't deserve you lot as colleagues. I think you've done it on purpose, though, because you expect one of us to thank, thank you for everything you've done for the club. <laughs> This is the first time, actually, in six years that not one of us has dialed in. It's quite remarkable, really. Um, So you did, you did film me in Belfast for Alan McDonald's game, but I was too drunk to speak to. That was a long time ago. Yep, and you had to speak to Andy Evans instead because I was a wee bit sided. I'm already liking remote Finney. Actually, <laughs> you're the best size of other people, I can tell you. Um, right, okay, so let me do what, what I need to do, which is um, anybody who's new to the podcast, welcome and thanks for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter or get in touch, you can at QPR Pod. Uh, you can search for us on Facebook, look for the QPR podcast, or you can find us on iTunes, just kind of put all the normal things in the search engine on iTunes, QPR podcast, that kind of thing, and you'll find us. And if you want to listen to any old episodes, you can go to our website at qprpod.co.uk. Uh, right, we have, um, we're going to have a chat with Danny Gabadon in a few minutes, who wasn't, uh, I think we often say we have a QPR legend on the phone. We most definitely don't have a QPR legend on the phone this evening because he, he played sort of about a handful of games. But he might be quite interesting given that um, he played for that lot that we played yesterday and, and um, he played for us in that first Premier League season. But before we get on to him... Um, Two games, two wins, or, or three games, three wins, if you're counting the um, League Cup win. Um, early days, but top of the league. Haven't let in a league goal yet. Um, should we stop the season now? Definitely stop the season now. Um, if it carries on like this, I think we've got a good chance of staying up, to be honest. It's, um, <laughs> Steady it's, on. Yeah, I, 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 as you say, I mean, five goals for none conceded. I don't think there's been a single shot on target nope. from an opposition uh, team. Um, I, 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 I don't know where to start. I mean, clearly the the, uh, the fitness programme, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, uh, has employed during the summer, is working well because I, I didn't go to Cardiff, but certainly against Leeds, right up until the 90th minute, which um, told when Poulter got his goal, everyone was running, everyone was chasing things down. They weren't giving up the ghost. They weren't coasting. The players looked like... Well, they, 
they want to play for the team rather than themselves. There's round pegs in round holes. Everyone seems to know what they're doing. I mean, it's it's almost too good to be true. Um, and I, I I I really enjoyed the podcast last week. And I, Richard Langley is a is a QPR legend, and um, you know utmost respect for him. But I disagree. I think it is time to get carried away, and I want to be shouting we're top of the league because it might not happen again for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. If if you if you want to listen to a QPR legend. Um, Relieving himself on your chips. Listen to last week's podcast <laughs> with Richard Langley. It yeah. was quite something. Finn, you were there yesterday. What 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 went down? Well, I know the result, obviously. What um, <laughs> what um, what was it like? How did we play? What did you think of it? It was really bizarre because there was hardly anyone there. I mean, the Cardiff fans came as chairs. It was really that empty. <laughs> honestly, I don't know if they're having a protest or they're falling out with their owners or he wants them to play in something other colour or change their name or whatever going on there. But there's something going on there because first time you've been you'd expect them to at least come and then get disappointed. But anyway, um, there wasn't that many QPR fans. It was a horrible day and everyone's still on holiday. I missed last week because I was on holiday, so I get all that. And um, it was good crack because for the first 65 minutes or so, it wasn't very good. Um, in fact, it was like a pre-season friendly, which I kind of blame the lack of crowd there for, if I'm being honest. Um, I had a pre-season feel about it, but there's no shot on target. And then, bang, we just absolutely turned into gear, um, did the job, got the penalty, job done, came on with it. You know, we won ugly. There's no other way to describe it. And you know what? That's that's what you have to do. That is, that is to it. I was worried we would not score enough goals. I am completely wrong. I am an idiot. I, I see what you're doing. And I think one of the secrets is that we've actually got a left back now that is mm. kind of like indoorsy type. He just goes up and down. You don't even know what he's playing. And they're the best type of fullbacks you can have. And that has made such a difference to the defence. And uh, Cousins came in for Shadipo. Uh, do a good job? Yeah, I, I like him. I mean, it, you know, Chris said, or we better go there, don't get carried away. Come on, let's get carried away. This doesn't happen very often. <laughs> it might not even happen again for years. Why not? I mean, it looks like we've got the balance right. The players that have come in are, are working really hard. And like you've got Lynch, like, probably baiting to get on that pitch and, and, and so he's going to come in wanting to play for the team so you've got players wanting to come in to do the job rather than people just going through the mill and not wanting to be there it's, 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 it's a fantastic change and we look so much fitter it's unbelievable I mean it, it, you know I'm not going to get carried away just yet in, on three games but I am very 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 excited that's definitely a game um, yesterday. Yeah, um, yesterday that we would have either lost or drawn last season. And uh, I think when QPR, when we took the lead, a lot of people felt, oh, uh, we're going to like so many times last season towards the end and like from the middle when Hasselbeck took over, we, we let in a lot of late goals. And once we took the lead, Cardiff made an attacking substitution, but we're still just as hard to break down. And uh, all the signs are really good. And one of the most positive things as well is that team spirit seems to be good. Looking at social media mm. posts, um, uh, big positive is Steve. Stephen Corker's form. I don't think many people expected him to come back into the team. They just expect because he was loaned out to Liverpool last season. We kind of expected him to to be sold um, either on loan or permanently. But um, he came back with the right attitude, unlike Sandro. And and it's good that Hasselbank has that kind of no nonsense attitude to players. So he said Corker, he came back in the right frame of mind and he came back fit. So he's going to play a big part in the season. Whereas Sandro came back a day late, completely different. He's got you know no future at the club. Well, it's an interesting, I don't know if you saw it a few weeks ago, there was an article in The Guardian, a uh, big interview with Colker. Um, mm. his, his grandfather's from Sierra Leone, and apparently over the summer, instead of going to Ibiza or, or, or doing the things that footballers normally do, 
he took himself off to Sierra Leone. Um, uh, I mean, I follow him on Instagram, and he did do those yeah, things no, that footballers still still do. Oh, okay. <laughs> but let's not let that take away from um, what the story you're about to tell us. Well, I just uh, you know, um, it, it it just seemed that certainly the way the article was written that it was a bit of a life changing experience for mm-hmm. him to come face to face with such desperate poverty uh, I mean I, there was a little quote there he said it has changed me already I recognise better my wants and needs I ask myself now whether I need something say a £200 shirt or if I just want it I know it sounds simplistic but I've been living in a bubble all these years the 50000 I spent on that school is worth so much more than anything else I've ever bought I'd rather put my money into that now good for him so hopefully that is a, yeah. a genuine it did seem rather than hey look at me I'm, I'm giving money to charity which maybe there was some of that but it, it seems like it's Maybe maybe that that's helped him. Maybe he's knuckled down, and I, I mean the, the downside to it, if you like, is that is the better he plays, the more chance he's got of moving back to the Premier League before the end of the window. But hopefully that won't happen. What's that? Two games? There's two only two games between now and the end of the window. But if you got, people... but you know what? That's no that's no bad thing, though, is it? Be fair. If he can if he can use us for a move, because it, I'm sure that he still would be on quite a lot of money, and if he gets some money back to put in the coffers and we got Lynch as a ready-made replacement it wouldn't be so bad and if we get help along the way and he gets help he can leave with his head held high yeah I mean that's sort of what I was going to say I mean it's it's a downside but the other you know you've got to realize that we're we're, we finally got back to what we what we should be and we're not a club that can afford to you know spend loads of money on big name signings um but it's one of those isn't it if he is playing so well and we're playing so well it would still be a bit of a blow to see him go well, I have nothing to base this on, apart from a few murmurings that I've heard here and there, but I, I don't think there's any intention to sell him. I don't think he's in the team to be sold. I think he's in the team because uh, Hasselbank took a look at what he thought he needed and he took a look at Kolka and he, my, my opinion, which is only based on kind of what I see in a hunch, is that Hasselbank thinks he's here to stay. Cue him now leaving <laughs> next week. Um... Let's briefly, before we go to the interview, very briefly, is Swindon, is that just an early season aberration, not a, not a trend, like just blowing the cobwebs away, one of those things, or do we read anything into the sort of struggle and then overcoming of Swindon? Oh, we won a cup tie. We should have had a bus parade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it doesn't matter how we did it. In, into the next round with a really good tie as well that we should win. Um, and then we can play anyone in, in the round after that. Mm. It'd, be, it'd be great to have a, a really good League Cup um, run. I mean, the last one, we, good one we had was when we got knocked out by Man United eventually at Old Trafford. I can't remember how many years ago that was, but I think um, Gareth Ainsworth was in charge for that game. Mm. Um, but that was, you, that was good. Chris, did you just hear, did I hear that right? Did you just say, a cup match we should win in the next round? Mm. <laughs> did you say that? <laughs> really? Well, listen, did you just say that? Well, look, g- give, fun- given them the last... Uh, penalty shootout I saw we lost to Vauxhall Motors I don't think you can uh, you can rule anything out there really apparently apparently here's, here's, here's a fact for you I'm not known for these things because I'm, I'm, I'm not really that sort of person but first ever penalty shootout win at Loftus Road ever really is that right yep yep that is the first good penalties as well good I thought they were all good penalties yeah Cherry's had the, a few the, of them the, yeah the, the one yesterday was an absolute stormer for Brazilian done that to be raving it was the perfect penalty yeah, well, that's two, two he's had in, in, in league games, isn't it? And again, the penalty was quite late on, which shows that we're not just resting on our laurels and we've got the energy, the fitness to be able mm. to compete for the full 90 minutes, whereas other teams probably haven't. The thing I like about this team is, um, I mean, like, it's, it's difficult not to compare it to the team. I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves already, but 
the last time we won two games, two first two league games of the season without <laughs> conceding was in 2010-11. Oh. We all know how that season ended. But um, but looking at that team in 2010-11, a lot of our key players were like getting on a little bit into their 30s. So it meant that you know when we did progress into the next league. But looking at our, looking at our team now, all the, all our, a lot of our key players are quite young, so they should get better. So. Well, I mean, it's I think promising I, for the future if you know if we do go on and go up in the next couple of years. Yeah, well, I was looking at a few, and I think we won. If memory serves, I think we won two. Uh, sorry, we won eight of our first ten yeah. and drew the other two on the way to a nineteen-game unbeaten run that season. And we, I think, we also won eight of the first ten in two thousand and thirteen, something like that. Two thousand twelve. Right. Um, might have been later than that. Well, we've won two out of two. We've won so two out of two. far. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get that carried away. Yeah, well, people people were tipping Newcastle to go the whole season unbeaten, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How's that? Going? So, so we're not getting carried away. We're going to win the league cup <laughs> and we're going to win the league. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Let's have a quick word with this week's interview. Um, which, with a bit of luck, uh, we have Danny Gabadon waiting for us. Hi, Danny. It's Chris. How are you doing? Hello, I'm not being bad. Thank you very much. How are you doing yourself? Yeah, I'm very well. well. Well, first of all, before we talk about anything else, um, you were you were co-commentating on the on the Cardiff QPR yesterday, weren't you? I was, I was, yeah, and um, yeah, very much impressed with uh, Jimmy Floyd as a bank, and and how we've got QPR playing since from the from the start of the season, and they played very well. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk more, but, but on your commentary, uh, one of the people online uh, on the message board said uh, you were extremely descriptive, made it easy to imagine the game as it develops, nice tactical comments too, really impressed with him. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that guy? I'll have to send him a bottle of champagne or something. <laughs> yeah, well, there was a few people on, there was a thread, people were listening, they said it makes nice to have a, it makes a change to have a, a good commentator again. So there you go, I'm only repeating what other people have said, but well done for that. Oh. Thank um, you very much. So, yeah, so you, I mean, we were just talking about the, the fitness that Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, um, the fitness regime is employed over the summer and how they keep going um, the, the full 90 minutes. Did, that, did it strike you as that as well? Yeah, I think, I think you could see that. Um, I actually did um, that game yeah, towards the end of last season and, you know, it was kind of a end of a season affair, really. And you could see uh, Jimmy was throwing in one or two players who I think he was thinking about maybe for the next season and, you know, to see that kind of difference to to now, you can see he's had that kind of pre-season with them. They certainly look really fit. They were going for the 90th minute, you know, closing down from the front. Um, you know, the likes of Poulter, the two wide men, Cousins. You know, they did look really fit and organised. And that, that was something that I really kind of picked up when I was doing the commentary. It wasn't so much about their kind of forward play. It was their, more their fitness and their, their organisation off the ball and, and how they, they kept that kind of discipline for the whole game. And that's what really got them the victory in the end. You know, the, they were really solid defensively. The two centre-halves were brilliant. Corker and, and the young lad Hall, I thought, was exceptional. And that's what their kind of performance was really built on. And, you know, I think his record, he's only won one away game since he was... Yeah. Come, since he's coming as manager so you know you're kind of thinking coming to Cardiff who only lost one game home last season you know this is really going to be a, a difficult test but you know they defended really well it was the perfect away performance really but but you're spot on there really saying about the fitness and stuff they they certainly looked really fit and, 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 and really organised to go with it as well uh, 
Danny, so I, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with what you did or didn't predict for the start of the season for the championship, but a lot of pundits said, you know, Newcastle nailed on and Villa will do yeah. well and, 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 and some, you know, plenty of other teams, Sheffield Wednesday, Norwich, and, you know, QPR will do well to kind of get a mid, mid-table uh, or mid-table should be the target. We're very busy getting carried away here after two wins. What, <laughs> do, what, what, is, what are your predictions now after a couple of rounds of games? Um, I think it's you know the championship is a is a difficult league to predict, and it, it's very easy at the start of the season to go with the you know the, like the favourites, the teams that have gone down. You know Newcastle have spent a lot of money, Aston Villa there as well have come down. So it's it's very easy to to kind of pick those teams to to go straight back up. But as we all know, the championship is a is a difficult difficult league. It's it's not always about you know the teams with the best players or the teams that spend the most money. It's 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 about how a little bit how QPR played on on the weekend. You know, uh, a team who are organised, who want to work hard for each other, and and you need to be doing that. You know, game in, game out. You know, because the games come thick and fast in that league. It's Tuesday, Saturday for a lot of the season, so it's all about characters. And you know, you've heard Jimmy Floyd Housebank speak about uh, hard work. Everything's about hard work in the team, and and that's what it's all about in that league. So. You know, if two wins out of two from QPR, you can't do any more than that. And I'm sure confidence will will be really high. Um, there's always a couple of teams who go under the radar in their league and and surprise a few people. And you know, hopefully QPR can be one of them. But I think, you know, you've really got a, a good manager there. It looks like the players are really, you know, buying into him and and wanting to play for him. And you know, that hasn't been the case probably at QPR for a few years. But I think you know he's the right man to come in there and and he you know he's sorting things out. Um, you know the players that he's brought in, uh, the players that he's let go. You know it certainly looks like the club now is moving in the right direction with him. And yeah, they could be that surprise package of the season. As I said at the end of my commentary, you know, if, they, if they can keep playing like that the whole season, if they can keep up that, you know, that team spirit, working for each other, that organisation, then you know they'll be a really difficult team to beat. Mm. Uh, now, talking of previous seasons, let me take you back. We'd love your memories of your reasonably <laughs> brief time at QPR. It was, yeah. like every season seems to be, a lot went on. So we just got promoted. Neil Warnock was the yeah. manager. Then the new owners yeah. came in. Then they brought the likes of Joey Barton and all the rest of them in. Then the manager yeah. got sat. Then Mark Hughes came in. Then we <laughs> stayed up. What, what, uh, what are your memories of, of that one season at Loftus Road for you? Um, my memories were... Uh, it felt more like three or four seasons in one. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, pretty crazy. A lot of stuff going on. Um, I'm glad you didn't mention I actually scored an own goal on my debut as well. The um, Swansea game, was <laughs> it? Yeah. Um, no, we played Bolton. Ah, uh, Bolton, Bolton. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. So, um, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a turbulent season. Honestly, a lot of stuff going on off the field. Um, a lot of players assigned, a lot of different personalities kind of assembled all together and, it was just crazy. I think at the end of the day, for QPR to actually stay in in the division that season was an achievement in itself because you know there was there were so many things going on. You know there was stuff going on in the dress room, um, some players not getting on. There was obviously the takeover. Um, you know Neil Warnock was in charge then. You know he went. Mark Hughes come in, and you know lots of different players coming and going. It, it really was um, a, a crazy, crazy kind of season. So. Um, you know, I think for the club to actually stay up at the end of that season was, was really was a big achievement because, um, you know, I didn't actually think that it was going to happen because you do need certain things in place for 
for a club to kind of be successful, you need you need the, you know the, the the team spirit on the pitch, and you need all the off the field kind of conditions to be right. And we we didn't really have a lot of that at the time, so um, it was a little bit surprising. And you know the years kind of after that as well is have not kind of been great. You know the chairman's put a lot of kind of money into the club. Lots of players have come in and gone, and and you know with with relatively small success from it. So um, you know it's kind of a rebuilding project there now. And, and as I said, I think you've got a really good manager in, good young hungry manager who, who knows what he wants, and you know he's getting the players in that he wants. The people that want to want to play for the club, want to work hard for each other, and and I think that's that's shown in the first couple of games this season. What, what was the feeling when um, Warnock got sacked inside the dressing room? Because a lot of fans were mixture of, I suppose, surprised and disappointed, really, and felt that he he was at the time doing quite a good job. What was the view in the dressing room? Um, well, I think probably a similar, really. Um, you know, we didn't think we were doing too bad. Um, it was a little bit of a shock, I suppose. Um, you know, we probably thought he would he would get a little bit kind of more time but you know I think with the the kind of the change of ownership and you know the club wanted to kind of go a certain way they wanted to um, maybe kind of run before they could walk I suppose and you know a lot of investment bringing in uh, lots of new players so I suppose maybe they thought with the you know we went on a little bit of a bad run but it was nothing kind of too serious it was still pretty early in the season and I think maybe the, the chairman thought that you know, with the the caliber of plays trying to sign, maybe he needs a more of a high kind of caliber manager. So, you know, that's kind of what happened. So it was, you know, as players, you you know, you we, you are a little bit surprised at the time if it's not really kind of merited or warranted. But um, you you have to move on quickly because before you know, a new manager's in and he's trying to impose his new ideas on you. So you, it's, it's pretty hard to kind of think about it for too long you know you, you have to try and move on as quick as possible and and then you next you know of course you're, you're listening to a new manager and new ideas and you know you're, you're trying to fight for your place in the team with, with a new manager so um you know personally for me it, it wasn't great because I'd played quite a few games under, under Neil Warnock and Mark Hughes kind of come in and you know even though he was a ex-manager of mine with a well set up he, he didn't really kind of play me so um so from a personal point of view for me it, you know, it didn't really turn out great, but but you know, for the club to kind of step at the end of the season was 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 a good achievement. But it really was one of kind of many kind of crazy things that that kind of went on that season. Really, yeah. <clears throat> Danny, you mentioned there was a lot of um, big characters that come together in that season. Uh, one of them, one of the most talented players we've seen at QPR, um, Adol Tarapt. What was he like to play with yeah. and to train with? Oh, he was, uh, you know, talent-wise, he was incredible. Um, you know, if he was on his team in, in the five sides or whatever, you knew you were always going to win. Or if you were training against him, you just try and stay away from him. Cause he, you know, he just make you look silly. Um, yeah. You know, some of, the, some of the new signings that come in who didn't really know too much about him would uh, kind of quickly get embarrassed in training. <laughs> Personally, myself, I'd, I'd stay well away from him because he's just one of those players who's just natural talent. It wasn't as if... You know, he spends hours on the training ground. That you know, after you finish training, practicing his game, everything he had was just kind of natural ability. And it was, at times, he was just unbelievable. Some of the stuff that he could do, but you know, at times, is you know, is, is kind of his attitude of you know, let him down. Um, you know, personality-wise, he was a really good guy. You know, I've gotten really well with him. Really, really nice boy. But you know, I think sometimes he, you know, he'd get a bit frustrated and stuff like that. And I think Neil Warnock managed him quite well. I think this, you know, the season we got back up to the, to the Premier League, he had a really good season and 
and Neil Warlock is renowned for being a, a really good man manager and he, he was great at man managing him. You know, he kind of made him feel like he was the main man and almost let him kind of do what he wanted, I suppose, as long as he was performing on the weekend, which he did. So but I think, you know, that kind of changed a little bit once we got to the Premier League, um, with different kind of players coming in of, you know, more kind of professional players who have been there and done it. You know, it wasn't as easy for him to really act that way, I suppose. Um, and I, I think, you know, the manager, Neil Warnock, kind of wanted to still do a similar kind of thing with, with Adele. And, you know, it, it didn't really work, you know, with the, with the players coming in, you know, they expected a certain kind of standard with certain things. And, you know, Adele wasn't always great with, with doing that side of things. So, um, you know, it was kind of a, a bit of a, a mismatch really. And, but, you know, that he wasn't the only one. There was, there was a lot of different kind of, things kind of going on at the time but but as a player you know he was he was fantastic um as i said some of the things in training some of the things he would do in games you know where you, you would just leave you speechless at times so you know you look at some of the clubs he's played for and he probably should have done more with his with his career really with, with yeah. his talent you know, he, he, he had the talent to kind of play for you know some of the top teams about but um you know as i said you know attitude wise and stuff like that it was probably the, the one of the things at times that I let him down the most so. um, yeah I, I, I can I can totally concur with most of that and just before you go Danny I was just going to say how, how much does togetherness in a team play a part I'm looking at your, your uh, the team you played for Wales in the Euros that, that, how, that, that team spirit they're saying took them to the semi-finals we seem to have got that in abundance now and, and, and how far can that carry you team spirit yeah, it can it can make up for for a lot of things. It's, you know, it's a great kind of a comparison. There, you know, look at the Wales team, and you know, you ask the manager, you ask any of the players, that if you you ask them what their, their biggest strength is, he'll tell you it's the team spirit, and the players will as well. Um, you know, we've got some fantastic players there. Obviously, you know, it's a Gareth Bale, Alan Ramsey, Ashley Williams. Those, you know, they're really good players, but they can't do what they do if you know if the team's not helping them if the team spirit's not there and and that that is the biggest thing that carried that team through to the semi-final the togetherness and and I think you know QPR starting to get that and that that comes obviously with winning games as well you know getting off to a really good start will help you know the confidence between everyone will be will be flowing now um they'll they'll be be believing even more that what Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is is saying is working and another player that's all you want really you want to be told what to do and then when you see things are working then that's when you really kind of buy into things and and you believe that success is possible so so you know we can talk about you know promotion after two games why not you know it's, it's that's the confidence that you want within the team and and it's, as i said the championship is is built on characters you need that team spirit you can have lots of individual players with with quality um but it doesn't mean that you're going to win that league or you're going to get in the playoffs it's, it's about having characters it's about having that togetherness it's about you know getting a win on a saturday and then can you go away somewhere on a tuesday night and then show that same character and, and maybe dig in and and maybe not have play that well, but but still able to pick up mm. points, and and that's what QPR did on, on the weekend. You know, it wasn't a great attacking performance, but you know they defended really well, and I think it was their solidity and their you know how well they defended got them the win in the end. You know, Cardiff kind of ran out of ideas, and and uh, you know a set piece, great header from Stephen Corker, and and then a mistake in the box and a penalty. You know, sometimes that's how you win games in this league. Sometimes it's a set piece. It's not always great attacking play like you, you know, you scored three goals against Leeds at home. You know, you have to be able to win 
ugly as well in this league. So, um, it, so it'd be a good sign. I think Jimmy Foyasbank will probably enjoy that victory just as much as as the one against Leeds because it was a different kind of victory and and you need your team to to be able to produce them as the season goes on. So, um, so I think yes, yeah, onwards and upwards for QPR, and I think they're only going to get stronger as the season goes on. Danny, thank you very much. You just before you go, you've got a new podcast yourself, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we got a podcast. Me um, and two other lads who are retired players, uh, Reese Weston and, and Sam Parkin. It's called Hanging Up the Boots. So we, um, yeah, basically we get guests on um, every couple of weeks. People who have maybe retired the same as us, or you know, different kind of walks of life and stuff. And yeah, basically uh, talk about the the week's football and and what these guests have kind of been up to in, in with their careers and in their lives so um yeah tune in tune in guys probably not quite um, as good as yours but, uh, oh so stop we're trying, it we're trying. I, I, I can confirm it's a very good podcast i have listened to yeah, several you. episodes and i enjoyed it and if anybody's interested you. you can find it on twitter at h-u-t-b thank podcast you, hanging up the boots podcast yeah. Danny, did, thank you. Did you listen to the Ali, Ali Fallen one? You listened to Ali Fallen? I did listen to yeah, that. I did listen okay, to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, it, yeah, it's a good podcast. And yes, as Danny says, they had one with, with Ali Fallen in, on. So well worth listening to. Thank you very much. Um, My pleasure, guys. And uh, yeah, c- come on again soon, Danny. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Danny. Cheers. Take Anytime. Care. Take care. Bye. Take care. Okay. Shall we wind up, Vinny? about that yeah yeah okay so um let's keep it running Uh, uh, anybody that's (laughs) listening we had to tap out finney and we had to hang up on him because we didn't have the technology to do two phone calls at once and now we're going to call finney back and um should we see if we can get a rise out of him yeah Yeah, okay danny's definitely got the gift of the gab there (laughs) (laughs) okay so this is a podcast in real time now because we're keeping it recording keeping it real Hello. Hi, mate. You're right. Name by yourself. Yeah. You ready to go? Yeah, we, go ahead. We haven't got that long, so we're going to have to go straight into um, Arles End. All right. Not a problem. Okay. First up, Paul, how do you react to that interview? Strong words from Danny Gabadon about you there. Uh, I didn't hear it. Well, what I mean, you have to respond in some way. He was talking about, you know, kind of QPR fans and their attitude towards it, and then he, and he, he singled you out. Uh, and have you got anything to say back to him? Yeah, what? <laughs> Can't keep it up for too long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he basically said the same as you, actually. He said he, he did say about winning ugly. So um, you and Danny are singing off the same hymn sheet. There, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, all right. So he... I, 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 right, start this again because I, I didn't hear a word of that. Say that again? <laughs> yeah. He, he, he we tried to wind you up and it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't. I'm too stupid to be wound up. So you, don't you learn these things at the time? Was, is there a protest? Seriously, is there a protest going on down there? Because if there's no protest, if there's nothing going on with the fans, then that is baffling to why that was so empty yesterday. Because none of them too would have Yeah, I love the crowd. I haven't heard of the playoff no. final. I don't think wow. so. Right, we've got to go. Uh, so the wind up of Finney didn't go well, um, but yeah. never mind. I think you need to scrap that, otherwise we'll sound really stupid, no, which is we'll, only my job. We'll just keep it and we'll sound stupid. It was me who sounded stupid. We've got to go straight into the R's end. 
I'm going to throw something at you, which was a message on Facebook from Ray Elders, who sent us a message on Facebook saying, Hi, the last outpo- I'm from the last outpost of the British Empire, southernmost tip of Natal in South Africa. Been a Rangers fan for over 50 years and was at, the Wem- was at Wembley and walked home after the League Cup final. Hopefully not to South Africa. Um, your pod gives me the feeling I'm still a little bit in touch with the team. Well, that's very nice of you to say, Ray. Anyway, he has a question. I've just read that we might get Charlie back on loan. Since he left, he seems to have been injured. So would he be worth taking? If so, at what price? Surely not full salary. Um, let Finney free. I think he means let Finney free on, in answering this question. I look forward to hearing your wise words from Ray Elders. So the Finney, that is a question to you that's come in via Facebook. These rumours about Charlie Austin, it, do we want them to be true? Do we ignore them? What's our view on them? I mean, I'd, I'd have him back tomorrow because he's the best finisher in, in the championship. He would absolutely mop it up big style. Um, but at the same time, Porter's doing really well. I mean, he's come back a lot slimmer, a lot faster, and it's just working his socks off. So, if you know, you've got to, you have to play the two together. You'd have to sort of find a way because Porter's worked really hard. It'd be really unfair for him to lose his place, in my opinion, at this time. But Charlie Austin would easily grab you the goal you need to at least go into the playoffs more than likely he would take it straight up whether he would want to come back is another subject and also depends on wages but I'd have him back tomorrow in answer to that question and thank him very much for listening to our podcast because we appreciate it uh, Chris your are end yeah well I mean first of all uh, I'd have him back but it, it, there is it, there's, that, there's that thing about the team spirit we've just been talking about not that he's in any way one of the bad eggs but if you've just got a settled group of players and then somebody comes in from the Premier League who's probably on a bit more money than you you're not quite sure how that will affect the, the team ethic but but of course you'd be stupid not to have him in your team if you've got a chance I, I don't think it would happen but um Okay, um, yeah, there's a couple of things. First of all, I listened to the official QPR podcast, which I thought was very good. It's a good interview with the BFG, but um, mm-hmm. I was a bit surprised they didn't call it Sinton on the Dock of the Bay. That was the only, that was the only thing. Um, <laughs> which was the name of our pilot which episode. Which was our pilot episode. Yeah, they're welcome to use that if they want to, if they listen to this. Um, okay, so at my hour's end, I wanted to mention an unsung hero at the club who's leaving after five years. Um, some of you might know is called Conor McBreity. Um, he works for uh, as, as in- in- inclusive projects at QPR on the community uh, I'm sort of reading this a bit it lists the credits uh, include designing football and sports projects for people with disabilities and work with the disability programme the Healthy Kickers Mental Health Programme and the Special Needs School Programme I mean I know him from the work he's done with the Tiger Cubs the walks we've done together and I know that he's very well respected and liked by all the kids there all the parents the people at the club um, he's moving on to pastures new. He's he's only going to Goldhawk Road, somewhere called Yarrow, a project called Opening Doors, which involves getting adults with disability involved in sport and the arts. Um, so I just wanted to say in true Finney style, Connor, thanks for everything you've done for the club, and um, I'm sure we'll see you on one of the walks soon. Chris, Lovely fellow as well. <laughs> yeah, really nice guy. Um, just to mention the Charlie thing, it's a difficult one, because I think it depends on how, if we play two stri- if we can play two strikers up front, then... That's a good option, but it would be quite unfair if he came back and all of a sudden Polter's out of the team because he has played really well. I'm not sure that it would be a problem if he like for the team spirit because he does seem like quite a genuine bloke, you know, down to earth. So I'm not sure that'd be a problem, but it, is, it would be quite oh. a difficult decision. And uh, my R's end, I just it's just good to see QPR's um, lone players doing well. Um, Darnell Furlong, um, I mean, it didn't win, but he scored. He got on the score sheet on Saturday, and so did Jet. Jay Manuel Thomas and, oh. a, and a quick word for Clint Hill who scored two goals in one yeah. game for Rangers yes. as well which is nice to see 
Finney, as our as our esteemed phone guest this evening, what what is your? You can have the final R's end. God, no pressure then. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I think I was going to do what Chris did, which is about God, but never mind. Oh, he, sorry, he's done that with, sorry. That, that, you want to know your mind reading skills aren't that good, no. before. Um, but no, I, I would just like everyone to just, you know, use this time that we've got, this this lovely start to season to unite and get behind everyone and stop the nonsense sometimes. The argument is stupid. And I start half of them, so I know this. <laughs> but it'd be great if everyone could just crack on and enjoy this and stop being nasty to each other. Let's just hold hands and enjoy being top of the league. Paul, what were you smoking down there in Barnet, mate? <laughs> Paul, ha- tell you how, new man. <laughs> how have you enjoyed being dialing in to the podcast? Well, I, I just feel that everyone else listening is going to be hugely disappointed. I mean, we've got a full I mean, it wouldn't that. be for the first time, would it? We have been doing it nearly six years now. Yeah, it's like we've got that bin lid finny. Yeah, this is great. Now, I, I feel privileged and honoured that you, you, you spoke to me and phoned me. Thank you very, very much. And I look forward to seeing you all next Monday where we'll have a great crack and we need to find a new bar because apparently the, sh- the bar downstairs is shut. Is that right, Chris? It is, yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a, ho- a home hand-painted sign closed. We need a new pub and we record in Farringdon. So anybody who knows Farringdon or works around Farringdon, um, we're opposite the market. Where can we go for a pint before or after the podcast? Sometimes both. Uh, right. Okay, that's the end of the podcast. Um, uh, we will, as Finney says, we'll be back next week. Uh, next Monday, available for you from Tuesday. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Open All Hours. Thanks, mate. Uh, brilliant. Cheers, guys. See, See you Bye. Bye. See you. UPR. UPR. Chris Park Ranger.